0: We are recording this episode about three hours later than we would have liked to have started, but we're doing that because <laughs> I got good internet turned on today, which is to say, yes, for however long I've been working at home and for however, however long I have lived in this house, three 5 year, five and a half years, I have been working with between 42 and 56 meg internet. And as of today, for the first time as an adult who's been working from home for nearly a year... I have gig internet. Let me tell you something. It's interesting to see you people in real time and not spend an entire recording session just panicking while I wait for my internet to drop on this Zoom call. So here is a cheers to the internet. It seems like a real thing, and I think it's going to make it. So many beers, it's hard to pick all the best moments we are taken with. So now we look back and we all reminisce
1: the memorable ones from the mix. Six. Hey, everybody. I'm Caleb. I'm Spencer. And this is the Mix Six, where we drink six beers, have six conversations, rate them on a five-point scale, and occasionally survive uh, existential crisis to the concept of democracy <laughs> in the nation in which we live um not going to dance around it. Occasionally. Uh, yeah, just dive in. Uh not unlike a man in a viking helmet would dive into Not a helmet, it was
2: above. furs, it was like a fucking buffalo or a whole
0: a, hard, a whole garb we might
2: say. Yeah, a garb, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, comes, I uh, just
1: bike. just FYI producer Ross my my uh, objection to his actions didn't really go along with the <laughs> nomenclature of his headwear. Um no, was, that's the sole
0: purpose of this episode, to debate what that man was wearing and what we yeah, might really, call I was really treating
1: for like a different
2: critique of his <laughs> ethos, but yeah. you could... I'm, yeah, I'm role-playing as the commenters. As okay,
1: well. <laughs> thanks. Good. We don't have enough
2: of those comments. Produced
0: to Ross,
1: take my I, I of often mainstream say, hey, media. boy, I wish I had some more of those. <laughs> You son of a bitch! Just we pay Mm. you. I don't know. Mm. You're getting you're you're hourly for this. What are we?
0: Powerful. What are we doing here? You get what you pay for. All right. (laughs) Potent insight from producer Ross. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, we have no pre-party, folks. Let's not lie. If 2021 taught us anything, it's that there are no parties to have pre or post, and so. Uh, we got we got nowhere to go because there's still a pandemic. In fact, in case you weren't following along, it's worse than it's ever been. So we're going to stay right here. We're going to stay right here in our homes for God knows how long. Uh and in another the meantime, good
1: subtitle for the show.
0: It's it's worse than it's ever been. Worse than it's ever been. Yeah. Uh probably a really bad pandemic in 2021. Um uh, but we are rating our beers today on a five-point system uh, developed by our one and only Caleb Stokes. So, Caleb, what are we using today to rate and review our beers?
1: Well, again, owing to our habitual tardiness, uh, these were moments from the coup. Uh, a rating list I made right after the coup, um, and it had now been three weeks. But I think it holds up. So it's got t- it's survived the test of time. I still stand by this. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, these are moments of watching the coup rated by... Um, how they would taste as a beer. So a one, which is a moment that you do not want to see and a beer you do not to drink. Just guns. I'm over them in general. I don't like looking at them. I don't like thinking about them. Seeing them in pictures? Also bad. What Wasn't into it. Um, that's a one beer. Just really out. Uh, so a two uh, is the cops and their come on boys attitude. Uh, so the, the cops, uh, all, pretty two, at the best of times, uh, but now uh, being nakedly awful, um, I do get a bit of shadow freud in it before I am temporarily reminded that they do still have power over life and death over me. So um, that's like a two experience. Like you get a little bit of you get a little hint of something enjoyable, but it is quickly snatched away. Um, so a three, which is your baseline, your your sine waves are canceling each other out. Uh, it's it's neutral. No fly list montage videos. Now, here's the thing. I don't think a no fly list should exist. Mm. If it has to, and it spends time tackling Karens next to airport Cinnabons. That's right. I'm okay with that. That's a three beer. Like it could have been great. Mm -hmm. Uh, It could have been awful. It's Mm -hmm. kind of both at the same time. So it's meh. So give me a no fly list montage. And that one really depends on the music you set it to uh yep. you really it's really about djing so it's two variable it's got to be a three now a four which is an all-around good you're getting just positive nuking parlor at all from orbit and uh having it uh just become radioactive to the people who are on it um br- brilliant
0: wonderful the data leak yeah could we could we lump under this maybe as as an umbrella the the many ways in which the internet has turned on that community that the, the, the parlor nuke is probably the case example but all of the ways in which the internet has now turned itself against that community has been mm, really something to watch one yeah.
2: of the things i like about it the most is um, someone leaked like parlors looking for a new web hosting because amazon kicked them off and people have leaked what their data requirements are for a new web host and what people are doing now is people are shit talking the tech spec requirements of parlor because it proves that they're not like the people programming it the technical people behind parlor are incompetent because like oh you don't need that many you don't need that you don't need that much RAM and storage You're like what the fuck you don't need all this shit what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? god these people are, what the fuck is wrong with it they're a bunch of fucking like because um like the best example is that the people who run Pirate Bay a group of unemployed alcoholic and drug using uh, uh students <laughs> Children in some cases and like unemployable people have managed to evade the wrath of the developed world uh, to run their pirate site. And
1: of like 20 years. (laughs) Yeah, for
2: 20 years. And like Parlor, which is backed by DeVos Money by uh, Eric Prince and like all these other reprehensible people with billions of dollars can't do it because they they're just they have money, but they don't have competence. So here's the thing. Yeah. It's a four, though, because it's Mm -hmm. the internet. So it's
1: ultimately not that's right. They will have some consequences, but it's not going to have a big effect in the real world to just find another eight Chan or it'll become 16 Chan or whatever Mm -hmm. you got it got to go with real things yeah no the thing,
2: but i love that nuance of it so yeah yeah yeah.
1: so here's that hard five experience that Mm -hmm. that praxis that materialism we hear at the Mix Six love um (laughs) storming a five experience in the coup Mm -hmm. seeing a guy die during the coup having the internet say he died by tasing himself in the ball so hard he pissed himself then slipped on the piss then fell down a flight of stairs and then had a heart attack knowing the second you hear it, that that is not true. It sounds too good to be true. But then seeing meta news stories about the family of the guy who died of just a heart attack during the coup, going on to Snopes.com to say that he didn't die tasing himself in the ball, a website that they themselves ignored their entire lives in order to become so stupid and queued up that they in turn die in the capital being mistaken as tasing themselves and the balls to death um it's just it's just an ouroboros of stupid it's so amazing how it eats its tail endlessly semantically referentially um and that's a five experience it changes your understanding of beer uh just like that changed my understanding language. of language
2: reality yeah language. i yeah. i want like you know how Mulder had the "I want to believe" UFO poster. I want a new version of that of a dude tasting himself in the balls. Like I, wa- I we want. I want artists believe.
1: that could make that for us.
2: Yeah, like that. That I want to believe a dude die. Believe
1: it is just like a Ben Carr- Garrison political cartoon of a mm-hmm. guy tasting himself in the balls. <laughs> <to death. laughs>
2: I, I I don't care what it Snopes says. I I believe it because I want to believe it. Hey, therefore it's stop
1: true. QAnon. Why can't we do it? Have some. fun. Yeah, right. let That's me exactly let right. me
2: do it for once. I'm tired of being in reality. Fuck it. I want to fucking believe. I Jeez. will take
1: a- over the Springfield <laughs> comptroller office to prove that that man died. Taser balls. Tasering his balls. The evidence mm. is in my local pizza place's basement. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well i'm gonna get a beer and uh <laughs> yeah. at this point i can only hope it's a five so we can do all this <laughs> over again
1: hey spencer what are you drinking
0: Couple of weeks ago, on a different episode, you had one of what I believe is the Omnipolo series they're now doing. They have a couple of different beers which prominently flavor, prominently feature like maple syrup inside other things. Mm-hmm. And if I remember correctly, you were not a fan.
1: No, it was hell. It was <laughs> um, yeah.
0: I believe yeah. you had the raspberry. To use the
1: current rating system, it tasted like a gun in my mouth.
0: Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this no. is another of that series. This is Omnipolo's Bianca. Now listen to Thank this. Thank God. I'm glad you get to experience this as well. Yeah. This is a blueberry maple
1: pancake lassie goza. Oh man. I I'm I'm the one who even likes blueberries. Uh, yeah. you're,
0: you're in trouble. Okay. Yeah. You don't like blueberries, Spencer? Uh, they have a very specific use case for me, and it is very limited. They're antioxidants. They're super oh, shit. I like <laughs> oxidants. So I'm,
1: I'm betting that one of those uses isn't what is about to happen. Oh, uh, not at I, all. I, I can smell. It's quite a very different purpose.
0: <laughs> Here's energy. what this beer smells like to me, and I don't mean to be so crude on the microphone. I've never done it before. I'll never do it again. But you know <laughs> you know, when you walk into a room and someone has peed at some point in that room, there, there's a, a a pungency to the whole thing.
2: The asparagus That's what the smell.
0: I'm, that's what I'm getting now in, in my, so I'm, so anyways, so here
1: we go. Would you get in there? You coward by the ticket, take the ride. All right.
0: <clears throat> oh man. He took a do sniff it. and then like, look, do away. it. Yeah. It's it can't do
1: I've ever had. I it. One hour much disgusting.
0: Be... Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's not just me. <laughs> yeah. That's just poison.
0: <laughs> it's the word. <laughs> so gross. It's <laughs> so many bad parts of so many bad things. It's uh it's the that worst
1: didn't part recall of all that is baffling to me. Like that was oh the intended God. experience.
0: <laughs> this like is where, how you
1: choose to represent yeah. yourself.
0: All right, all right. Where I feel like I would have gills is hot right now. <laughs> and so that's how I feel about this beer. Um, um it is the worst part of blueberry for me. Mm-hmm. Um which is not even really the sour part. It's the like bad tart, like not not enjoyable mm-hmm. kind of sweet. It's the bad tart. Mm-hmm. So it's got like bad flavored blueberry that sits right on top of a thick crust of artificial maple syrup. Um, so like you've just over drenched a pancake and now there's no longer a pancake there. The pancake has just become a vehicle for too much, not very good maple syrup. Um, and then on the bottom, it's just sweet. I mean, it's just like overly wrought sugar. Um, mm. So it's a one <laughs> um, in case my description and or response was not accurate enough. i If you are at the point that we are at, by the way, you know, you're 800 plus 900 plus beers deep and you're just looking to try something you've not tried in a can before, I can tell you this fits that criterion. I have not consumed a beer that tasted like this. Now, I think there are reasons for that. And I certainly hope to not consume more beer that tastes like this. Now it just so happens. I have the other one in this series on tap for a little bit later in this episode. Um, but I would not, rec- I mean, I would not recommend enjoying this beer. I don't think you could. So, <laughs> and he went back and I just want to make, yeah, I do want to make sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so um we're yeah into this is your
1: topic our... man you gotta get through this
0: you i them know them to i it. know yeah. i have to like keep going um yeah. uh we're yeah. into dissecting our fun which is of course where we talk about board games and or board game related concepts or ideas and so um i've encountered this thing the other day we were playing carpe diem which is a stefan feld game uh a couple of weeks ago and i happen to like stefan feld games i've talked in the past about how much i enjoy castles of burgundy i kind of think like felds um overwrought slightly too many mechanics approach is interesting and i kind of like that stuff but carpe diem which is kind of a fun game and it's a little bit lighter than castles of burgundy so if you were looking to expand your game collection carpe diem might be an interesting addition but it runs into an issue that we've skirted around in the past and probably describes more games than we would like to think and i wanted to get your take on this issue carpe diem has the um Engine length of game problem, uh, and, and I'm curious your take on this. Is this something oh, so that can does really the wreck Euro for cut you?
1: it off right as you're about to get started? Thing, yeah, you
0: know. that's exactly right. So Carpe mm-hmm. Diem has a variety of different little mechanics or economies that you can get going, and and that's kind of exciting, right? I mean, in some ways, that's precisely what we're looking for in board games: opportunities mm-hmm. to get engines going. And so there are a lot of little engines that you can get going in Carpe Diem. Which, by the way, is really just like a, a kind of like a contrived tile placement game. But I enjoy it. I mean, that's not to say that I, I didn't like the game. But my central problem with the game is there are all these different ways that you can get things going, little things you can trigger to get a few extra actions here, little economies you can start spinning up to get a few extra points here and there. But the game only lasts four rounds, and a round mm-hmm. is not in and of itself particularly long. And so by the time the game ends – you feel decidedly unfulfilled in your ability to get one of the many engines that you've kind of started to dip your toes in going. And the games that handle this well do a good job of letting you try a few engines early in the game, figure out based on either strategic competitive advantage, i.e. what you're doing as compared to your neighbors, or personal interest, which engine you like the most, Mm -hmm. and then kind of lean into and, and let that thing really start to harvest over time. Carpe Diem did not give you that test it out, get it working, let it hum. Uh, It did not give you that crescendo of of a gaming experience. Instead, it was all kind of tested out and hope one of these things is a little bit better than the others. So I really have two questions here. Question number one is, what do you do in those moments? So, So now when I sit back down to play Carpe Diem again, do I try to do what I think is suboptimal gameplay in terms of winning, but instead lean into one of the mechanics knowing that it couldn't possibly be the only way or the optimal way for winning the game. So how do you approach a game like that the next time you sit down for it? And two is, is it hard for you to go back to a game when you know very clearly there's a better version of the game just on the other side, but now you're not playing that version of the game, which is once you've idealized the game in your mind and know what it's capable of and also know that it's not built to do that does that diminish your r- ruin your ability to play the game in the future
1: i i don't know that seems to me like a steffenfeld problem uh, i also kind of have this problem with like raiders and stuff like
0: yes yes raiders is definitely like this
1: in um in a lot of euro games that i like the economic sign like um uh so for instance coimbra or um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh terraform the mars or any of those engine builders, there are trap options. Um, Trap options in the tech tree that take too long to develop. Um, Like for terrifying Mars, I think of microbes. Like if you have it the first turn, play it and you might get four or five points off it by the end. If you remember to do it every time, otherwise dedicating too many resources to that shit is just going to be, you just, it's a trap option. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But the thing is, it wouldn't be a trap option along a long enough timeline because of the growth scale for the math. Um, but it is a trap option in considering the length of the game you are going to play. But um, exactly- so with a Stephen Feld game or a Raiders game, a Shim Phillips game or something like that, what I always feel is like, what if everything was a trap option? What, That's what if right. everything didn't have enough time to develop and couldn't build a strategy around? Um, because, yeah. So I think the only thing to do when you do that is to just, I think what you have to do with those kind of games is experiment. And by experiment, I mean, commit entirely. Like you just have to find an engine part and maximize the shit out of it and become the, I don't know, the wood guy or whatever the resource right. is in the game. Dominate one thing and hope that that thing is enough. Yeah. And then if that, if that, st- if that doesn't work, then um, you probably need to adopt some mixed strategy, but you only get that by learning the mechanics. And that's the other mm-hmm. thing. There's a difference between a game that is easy to learn and difficult to master versus a game that is just difficult to master. There there are games in which mm-hmm. the first and second and third play are not about competing. It's just about making sure you've got the rules right. Um, right. Right. And I feel like these games are often that. And uh, one thing they do do is they make sure they're short enough that you don't feel that bad setting it up again. Or at least they try to. Um, because if they... Yeah if they right. uh if they shorten it it's not that bad to break it out again and this time we know what we do, we're doing um so
0: and i do feel like that is it's kind of uh, purpose that what what if what if it was a steffenfeld game that felt like a junior steppenfeld game you know what i mean like it had some mm-hmm. of the pieces in place that kind of like look like smell like steppenfeld stuff but are easy enough to set up, easier to get to the table, don't require the same kind of commitment or slog that say a Castles of Burgundy might. And so therefore, the input is kind of equal to the output, which is to say Castles of Burgundy is a fuck ton of input and the output is you want a board game. Carpe Diem, not a fuck ton of input. Also, the output is you want a board game. And so in some ways, there is a um, investment issue which is it's just a lot easier to get to the table than castle of burgundy is i mean i can get carpeted to the table in like five minutes you know what i mean castle of burgundy it's going to be a bit the question though for me then so the second question here is um a limited number of time to encounter games and have experienced really it's the same way with beer now right have experienced enough games at this point i kind of know what my favorites are So outside of just seeing what else exists in the universe, when you encounter a game and know, like, "Ah, it's a 6 out of 10, but I know that if it went two more rounds, it'd be an 8 or a 9 out of 10, but it's not going two more rounds. Do you go back to that stuff, or does that thing take up a pretty firm shelf slot in your brain, and then that's where it stays?
1: I mean, weird. It's changed during COVID because we are trying to be more completionist here in the Stokes household, but right. you know I'm a magpie. Um, right, yeah. If you're going to come at me with a 6 out of 10, you'll be the 6 out of 10, and then I will move on to another wonderful game because there's right. just too fucking many of them. Um, yeah. 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 So yeah, don't, I wouldn't waste time with that kind of stuff, which is not to say that Stefan Feld is a bad desire or that like, I'm better than Feld or anything like that. It's just not my cup of tea. Yeah. Um, just like certain levels of a marrow trash are in my cup of tea. That, that's Absolutely. a level of Euro game that I just, no, thank you. Like I can't go back to just like, I wouldn't right. want to play zombie side because, okay, it does a marrow trash well, but I don't wow. write yeah. that marrow trash, yeah. but I don't want that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that's all I would say about it. I wouldn't mourn it too hard just because like you're supposed to like Stefan Feld more.
0: Yeah, it, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know that it was heartbreaking, but it was definitely a little surprising. Uh, and I'm curious, uh, not necessarily about Stefan Feld games, but if anybody listening has other games that are good examples of this, that you feel like the engine is there, but they, know, they don't give you the amount of road you need to get the car going. I'm curious what else people would identify as part and parcel of this problem. And with that... Um, Caleb's going to get a beer and I hope for his sake and for your sake, it is better than the beer that I consumed. And we'll be right back. Caleb, what are you drinking?
1: I am drinking from Crooked Stave's artisan beer project, Librette. Uh, the Blueberry, which is their golden sour ale aged in uh, oak barrels with Washington blueberries. Um, full disclosure, I didn't have any side beers, and this was a growler, so I just started drinking the second we hit record. It's very good. I just have been quiet about it. It's a hard five. Um, it's delicious. You can taste the sort of amberish of the golden uh, in it, uh, and uh, what Spencer refers to as the... Um, bad funk or bad tart of a blueberry actually does a wonderful job accentuating the sour note of this. Um, this is tasing yourself in the balls and dying in a two.
0: This is a hard five. Yeah. Uh, if if you were looking to get into sour beers, like you decided I like this, I want to try more of them or see all the ways in which sour can do things in beer. You could do worse than to start with crooked staves line of Brett beers. Uh, which is their funky yeast beers. Mm -hmm. They're also now doing um, some of their like run-of-the-mill great sours in 16-ounce cans, blueberry, peach, et cetera. And they also have their petite sour rosé in uh, 12-ounce cans, which is just one of the best six-pack can purchases I think you can make. So if you're looking to try sours, it's a little higher in price point, but it's also higher quality in terms of sours.
1: Uh, Um, It's definitely worth the cost. If you have like a special occasion, like drinking alone and talking to a webcam in your home office. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Get a Uh, bomber. Save it. Yeah. Save it for something
1: special. that you really want to commemorate.
0: What are we talking about? Anyway,
1: it's jukebox and back and, uh, Copernicus, Copernicus crane first suggested that he wanted to know which album we would pick to montage ourselves becoming karate masters. Um, but that just seems sort of frivolous to become karate masters for no reason. So Chris Reed suggested uh, we're all even more pissed off about Nazis and shitheads in America and jukebox and back. What are the best fight songs to punch Nazis to? So um, we are Nazi punch force, I guess. Uh, and uh, if we trained for it, what do you listen to? And then what do you listen to as you do it?
0: Yeah, because yeah, I think those are important distinctions, right? So training... Yeah. Is different than than seeing it as a visual cinematic masterpiece, the mm-hmm. montage of. Mm-hmm. So so you know training. Uh, I'll tell you the thing that gets me like the most worked up is either like whatever um, bad. Uh, semi-techno pop music you can put into my brain. So just anything that sounds like it was produced on a MacBook Pro from like 2000 to 2020 uh, <laughs> probably is something that I am willing to listen to to train. Now, here's where I get off the boat a little bit on fight songs for this. I think that we are at a time where there is there's so much beauty in this act and so much reverence <laughs> for this that rather than listen to your traditional like the remote, but you know, these like traditional kind of like punk moment, like high octane fight songs. I instead we think we think we should be listening to something like Leon Bridges or St. Paul and the Broken Bones (laughs) that there almost needs to be just soul music some like soul music in the background to really demonstrate how connected to I would like emotion. to punch Nazis
1: while listening to the sissy strut by the meters. Yeah. Right. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe some doo-wop. Uh, give me Lauren Hill in the background. You know what I mean? Like something, um, uh, something that really sets the tone for this is actually an act of calm, soul driven, essence finding moment for you and so we'll back it up with you know leon bridges coming home or something i mean and so so that that's how i would that's how i would handle this
1: okay uh i think i'm gonna train to real human being from drive because yes gotta (sighs) represent my boy Ryan
0: (laughs) let's do anything to real human being from drive
1: um now here's the thing the song i want to listen to while punching Nazis depends on the Nazi like If you're going to punch Johnny Rotten, you have to listen to the sex pedals. The irony is too good. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, But then there's like, if it's just general Nazis, and I have the ability to make a reference to uh, the Norm MacDonald film Dirty Work, Mm -hmm. I will. Uh, And the funniest (laughs) scene in that movie, and maybe any movie, is... Uh, we need some fight music. G7, dude, you hate 8 and Do You Love Pina Coladas comes on during the fight scene in the bar. Um, I would love to punch some Nazis to Do You Love because I think I think, A, Mr. Buffett would approve. Mm-hmm,
0: absolutely. Um,
1: I think, uh, B, um, it's an inversion of the Boogaloo Boy trope. Uh, the, the luau has turned, so to speak. <laughs> uh, the revenge of the luau, as Mr. <laughs> Buffett may call it. Uh, so, yeah. I think that's my more general Nazi. But otherwise, I think you really need to pick a song um, like Gorka. It's got to be like Carmina Bermana, like for- <laughs> Movement One, Fortuna, Imperatrix Domine. Like, you've got to do something fitting, killing a man in a volcano lair. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, fit the context of the Nazi. Oh, sure. Punch it is mm-hmm. so to say. But real human being for training, definitely.
2: Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Ross? Um, I think for training, actually, you know, I think uh Bob Marley, just just all of his music. I think uh
1: <laughs> so not not training rigorously. No, I think <laughs> you can
2: train rigorously. I am gonna be inspired by that was such a window
0: into Ross Payton's soul right there.
2: <laughs> okay, so uh uh real like when I was growing up, my brother. Was really into boxing and uh, kickboxing, and uh, my parents were like, "Well, he's working out. You're going to go work out with him because (laughs) uh, we want you out of the house." And so we'd go to this uh, 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 boxing gym um, on Commercial Street, Lewis's Boxing Gym, and they just blasted like Bob Marley while we both learned to box, and like that was so like that. That is what I associate for actual fight training because that was actually what we listened to uh, over and over again. So. so yeah bob marley for training um and then i'm of two minds for the actual fighting one would be future funk because it's awesome great i get to punch nazis or the hotline miami soundtrack because i just really want to fuck people up with a hammer um <laughs> like uh, I, I i'm i'm wearing a chicken mask in this scenario and i have a lighter jacket and uh these nazis have to die and i have a hammer in my hand so nice. like yeah, yeah perturbator is screaming in my head and uh i i need to f- fulfill the urges so yeah uh probably yeah so one of the but future funks just general like Haha, i'm doing fun things uh kind of music funny story when i took
1: judo for years it was at a ymca next to a ballroom dancing class so the music of my fight training is very different
0: similar skill sets Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah but
2: what but why? i
1: get i get pissed off when i enter nursing homes and be very
2: (laughs) anxious and ready to go like uh yeah yeah Yeah. but it's already ingrained in you why fight it tap into (laughs) that just let (laughs) myself go unleash it man yeah, you need that, that. Well, you need that ballroom yeah. music to uh, to for your training sequence. Then, like that. That's absolutely key. yeah. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, that's uh, that's what violence looks like for us, and um, <laughs> it, it is truly poetic. Uh, and on that note, we're gonna grab more beer, and we'll be right back. <laughs>
1: Hey, producer Ross. What are you drinking? Uh,
2: this is from Firestone Walker Brewing Company, which we have liked their stuff before. Mm-hmm. They do the very fancy bottles, um, but this is inside the,
1: fancy boxes.
2: Yeah, inside fancy. This is not. This was a six pack of Luponic Distortion IPA series. It is a uh, IPA with hints mm. of peach, pear drop, and dragon fruit. And it's got a nice little can with a little floor. Well, I don't know, kind of tie-dye pattern. Anyways,
0: I have to assume that they would do a good IPA because they've done a good everything. But again,
2: uh, it's the marrow trash problem. Dragon fruit. What? Yeah. Dragon fruit I actually like. It's a very mild fruit if you've never had it. It's like a, yeah, yeah, but I, I've never had it in an IPA before. I don't really taste it, but dragon fruit again is a very mild fruit, so I, I, I don't know if it would stand out. I do I do detect the sort of the, the fruitiness of it um and it's sort of like a floral uh taste. Um I mean as IPAs go, it's it's pretty nice. It's it's uh it's very drinkable, very kind of light medium body, I guess. Um so it, more more citra than Senko hops. Yeah, yeah, more more citrus. Um, it does it doesn't linger. There's no, very little aftertaste. It just kind of like here's a little fruitiness. Here's a little. Well, there's the hops, and then it kind of disappears. So, um, cool. Yeah, there's the there's the sweetness to it, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's a it's a nice IPA. I'm not going to give it a 4, but I think it deserves a 3. Like if you if you like IPAs, I'm sure you'd really like. I don't as a rule I hate IPA. So this is very right. high by my Much scheme. like a no fly list. <laughs> yeah, much like a fly. If, if
1: IPAs one. have to exist, I mean, it might as well be this one.
2: Yeah, know? so I mean, mm-hmm. you could do a lot worse than Luponic uh, or Firestone. Firestone's yeah, it's just a hot
1: They're they're, they're a pretty good brewery. Yeah, so far. Uh cool. Uh in this segment we are talking about uh your number one vote getter. This was a mistake. Um uh kind of touches on a question that Sean wayland asked us. Uh he said Biden has talked about how Trump exceeded the worst notions about him and Trump's own staff is surprised that he actually did it, but is it helpful to read this as emblematic of people waking up to the real world? If even some cynics are being persuaded that fascism is as dangerous as leftists have said all along, how should we respond to them? Um, I think that's a good question. I think the mistake would be to let anyone who is a centrist ever respond to you ever again with an argument from president. Um, just don't allow it interrupt them instantly. They say anything. Um, and uh, before they can, what about, well, what about when you were wrong and you said, blah, blah, blah. No, no. What about when you were wrong for a decade? Like what about when you were wrong and people were warned you and you ignored them constantly? I got a date wrong you got an ethos wrong, bitch. Like your ideology is fucked up. Like, um, never allow someone to tell you that you're like, you're not allowed to be scared. You're not allowed to be concerned. You're not allowed to be angry because X hasn't happened before. And aren't you just being an alarmist and other direct quote from the TV show, Chernobyl, um, just ignore them. Uh, they no longer deserve to have any voice in public discourse not to mention with you personally if you were not dumb enough to be like oh no it'll all be fine because it's been fun before um just you can't let them do it because they will because it's comfier there it's it's much comfier there to be like well i'm
0: sure cooler heads will prevail okay mm-hmm. yeah we got tons of evidence for that just keep Keep on going. Yeah, th- this one's this one's so tricky for me, because on the one hand, I think there is um, definitely some sentiment uh, that is like, dunk on them. Uh, like, that's what you do now. Um, <laughs> and if there ever was a time to dunk on them. And the nice thing is, like, you don't even really have to dunk on them. Like, you can just open your phone and show them pictures <laughs> of zip tie guy sliding down the banner in the Capitol and go, well, <clears throat> eh. anyways, next round's on you um i I, I do
2: want to make a point about zip tie guy i know it's a bit of a tangent but like ben shapiro said oh everyone has zip ties but like if you look at his zip ties they're zip cuffs they're not just ties they're clearly designed to put two hands and restrain them like handcuffs like normal people don't have zip handcuffs they don't have zip cuffs they have like god what about the gun what about the gun he also Also, (laughs) he had a gun Yeah, kind just of a every, red flag. I
1: know everybody has guns. I mean, yeah, that's the U.S. Right. But yeah. Anyway, um, sorry. I I, um, I
2: just I hate the zip tie argument. But the, yeah, I'm sorry.
0: So so um, part of me wants to say don't. Part of me wants to say when you get an opportunity to build a coalition, take an opportunity to build a coalition because that's how change change happens. And so I think that there is there's an important distinction here, and that is to say that I don't know in this moment it is to treat all the people in that bucket as entity. Rather, it is to say, I, I really believe that for some people, this may have been or could have been a moment of awakening. It really may have shattered some expectation mm-hmm. they had about the durability of democracy and, um, or the durability of the Capitol Police Force.
1: I don't know. Um, I don't disagree with that. I, I but, just think right. that those people who have been genuinely woken up by it, are not going to resort to what is essentially a bullshit fallacy, the argument from president it's not happening, and you're crazy because it hasn't happened to me yet or before yeah. um, i'm saying when you hear that it's too late you didn't get them um, and because they're reward they're resorting back to the not squaring the circle they're ignoring right. the contradiction again um, right. and i'm saying that it's a mistake to let them do that because. That's going to give them power over you. It's not about recruiting them. It's about them giving you, giving them the power of their stupidity, which we can see now has power. Mm-hmm. If you are dumb enough and ignorant enough and wildly privileged enough to move through social norms, being too dumb to realize they exist for reasons is in form of superpower. Um, and you can't let them have that. Like you got to, you got to hold people to account because like, yeah, yes, that's I, I'm right. I'm not and, saying treat people as a, as a group, but if someone responds to you with an argument for president, I would say absolutely people already have with me. Um,
0: yes. Yes. I it's was not I, about I was like a... being
1: afraid or not. It's about like them dunking on you for not predicting the future, which they didn't either. And your actions, if you took anything to prepare for this or did anything to warn people of that was in fact your acknowledgement that you can't predict the future and that when dangerous futures become possible, we should do any kind of work to avoid them.
0: Yes, 100%. Um, it, it,
1: and otherwise, people are just going to take the fact that, like, if they're raising interest for it, an opportunity to dunk on you for the fact that, like, well, you predicted the right stag fire and it was just a dude who taped himself in the balls. Like, mm-hmm. and, and that's just an attempt of at social control, not an attempt at, like, an po- expression of political thought
0: yeah, and I will tell you that the other day I was having a conversation what I thought was a conversation about the shared shit show of all of this. Mm-hmm. And I found out very quickly as we actually got into the, the the meat of the conversation about can you believe this happened? It suddenly became clear to me that the can you believe this happened part for them was that companies are taking parlor down and that Facebook has banned these and that that Twitter has locked the you know Trump's account. And the can you believe companies are doing this kind of thing and not in and really. At ah, the, yes, at, real
1: censorship, unlike being yes. dragged out front on a lawn and shot.
0: <laughs> yeah. And from the place of precedent. You That's know, the, just the, democracy the, in action. The the, the 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 like wildly misunderstood free speech position that seems to underscore like all acts of maintaining the status quo. Um uh yeah, if someone starts a conversation or, or leads a conversation down, down that direction, yeah, there's no coalition to build here. Yeah, uh, that's not, that, it's not yeah. misunderstood though, because like they would
1: make no. the argument that they can like force your kid to pray because you paid to go to this private school and by God, it's right. a private school. And right. there's no such thing as freedom of speech the second uh, it becomes a private institution. That's not something, yeah. anything that democracies have to say over. They've made that argument their entire lives and sure. now
2: it's just reversed
1: because they don't have shame and they don't regard they well, they just square every distance. So I, like, I don't
2: think it's I don't think it's a lack of shame. I think um there there are a lot of people the the centrists that are really devoted um to this idea like like I mean, to say they're insulated is sort of like under under underestimating them. They're really basically they they really do believe that they live in a world where like this is what society's told them. This is the way things are going to be, and that's that's it. They're, like the idea that external Idealism. events that external Ideas reality, make material reality, yeah. Well, it's like that. There's there's an external reality that can overwhelm their ideology, their political system is impossible this is the end of history we live in this is the way things are and that's that's just it and the idea that like this entire system, there could be the, the idea of upheaval. Upheaval is a thing of the past. Like the idea that there could be an asteroid that strikes the earth and wipes everything out, that the, that their entire political system could be overthrown um, is is utterly alien and repugnant to them and impossible. Like they, they literally cannot conceive of it because it's not within their – it's uh, an outside con- – context problem for them because they've been the system has basically encouraged people to think like that like that this is the way things are and this is the way things are going to be for the rest of time and um it's just a lack and they like that it's addictive it's it's comforting um but
1: but that's my argument if you're still saying that shit after one six you're not coming out of that, like no. That's, I uh, that's some crack people being like they're gonna be stealing your TV to pawn it.
2: For no, drugs. because there what there, kind of there features, will there will be like, things worse than one six. It's sometime in the future. I know, so, like, and that's not gonna get them either. I
1: think no, this I
2: think, is... it'll get know, a percentage man. of them. It'll get, it won't get all of them, but like a growing percentage of them will be will be rudely awakened. But like. There will always be there it's never gonna get 100 percent but some of them will always believe that. But yeah, I don't think it's an absolute yeah, it's a spectrum. I I, I do
0: think there has been a um um I do think the events particularly of the last mm-hmm. call it four months have been uh, slow and steady de chunking maybe mm-hmm. of the Trump iceberg. Uh and I think that one six was another de chunking point to, to, to your oh, sure. to your point, Caleb. Part of me wonders, like, how much farther would things have to go for another chunk to get lobbed off that didn't already occur on one six? But, 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 Russ, I don't know that you are totally off the boat here. I'm not sure that things don't go a lot farther on one twenty, for example, on inauguration day. And and again, this goes back to at this point, and I said this in the hot takes we've recorded on the coup insurrection, call it what you want. Um, we're past the point of prediction. I used to think I couldn't be shocked. Now I only expect to be shocked, and I don't know what shock's going to look like anymore. Predictable. And so, right? Yeah, that's right. And so, so I don't know. Um, uh, I will say this: um, uh, it is time for another beer, and I'm about to get this other Bianca series thing. And speaking Mm -hmm. of no longer being shocked,
1: no, don't
0: don't do two in an episode. Let's take a vote. Should I do two in an episode, or should I save one for? Build. We're, yes you know, when, I'm, I'm pretty
1: i'm pretty it's sad the i'm not two
0: bianca's in an episode sad
1: like yeah yeah
0: because yeah. i do dude, have yeah. like love good yourself. beer in the fridge love yourself that's a good point that's what justin bieber has been saying for a long time <laughs> so, um yeah <laughs> we'll, dude, i'm gonna, gonna go to the fridge. Harris
1: listens to it's justin bieber
0: 100 it's gonna be surprised uh,
2: <laughs> it's gonna be surprised is that it
0: yeah i'm just gonna reach in and grab something we'll see what happens
2: awesome <laughs>
1: Hey, Spencer, this is a very coo Berry episode.
0: Okay, mm. I'm going to let you have that, even though I portmanteaued the fuck out of Koo and Blueberry during the break. Yeah, I, I definitely
1: stole it. I definitely stole it using the contents so, of our editing. Yeah,
0: I, I reached into the back of the, of the fridge, just grabbed. I have a couple tall cans back there. Grab tall can. It just so happened to be the other Omnipolo Bianca. So whatever. Th- this is very on brand for 2021.
1: Yeah, if you leave it up to fate, it will screw you.
0: It got if you me don't, square it's still probably going to screw you. Yeah, it's exactly, It tased me square in the balls. So anyways, this is the Omnipolo <laughs> Bianca Blueberry Maple Chocolate Peanut Butter Pancake Lassi Goza. Mm. And now I'm just getting mad at them for all the words. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot of words. What? what? And again, I get the smell of Not good. So I'm excited to jump back into this giant can. Also, these are not cheap cans of beer, by the way. I think these are like
2: $13 pulls. Wow. So wait, you bought that as a single can? I did. Yeah. Wow.
1: Well, That's you all did Lossy. Too. We bought it, we oh, bought it yeah. as a podcast. So oh, we all Lossy. contributed to this. I want you
2: to remember that, Spencer, as you hawk that down your throat. Lossie is a all popular All of us did this drink to you. Yeah, uh, it's a blend of yogurt, water, spices, and sometimes fruit. So, like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a it's that's a, a hell of a mix. You're just throwing everything in there, like, it's, yeah. For the and God it tastes like it. that.
0: <laughs> it's a one, people. <laughs> um, here, here's what this one tastes like. The other one, which again is just a lot of like weird, like bad tart followed mm-hmm. by a thick crust of maple. And this one went the extra mile and was like, what if we kind of wrapped synthetic peanut butter around the maple? Just a l- just rounded it out a little bit with bad peanut butter flavor. Well, this is the beer you'd be drinking. It, yeah. And we'd call it Bianca. That sounds disgusting. Um, it's horrible. I hate
1: it. Um, Omnipolo is making a big push for the Please Stop Award of 2021 yeah. from the Mix yeah. The we much coveted please no more
0: <laughs> wait Wait till we get an omnipolo rule in place and we tweet about it or better yet somebody else tweets about it tags yeah. omnipolo and yeah. now they're following us mm-hmm. so anyways this beer is bad thank you stop um on this whole experiment you've got here on the polo no one wants this look uh, sometimes
1: you gotta throw it up against the wall and see if it sticks um, <laughs> this went through the wall yeah just stop throwing just things yeah. right down um
0: <laughs> So, anyways, we're into Ask Mixed Six, uh, and Stephen Lee. Been a minute since we've heard from Stephen Lee, so thought I saw Stephen Lee's name. Thought got it, got to see what what's up with Stephen Lee. Stephen Lee, best question asker in the world, asks friends. I believe he's talking to us there, and I appreciate the salutation, friends. I need to come up with a new anonymous name for the internet. I made the mistake of making a username too much like my real name, and I'm not comfortable using it to interact with pure strangers on the internet. So. How should I devise a new pseudonym and what makes for a good pseudonym? So my hope here was two things. One, Mm -hmm. to immediately and publicly out the anonymity of Stephen Lee's new username by talking about the anonymous username for Stephen Lee in a non-anonymous, very public way. Because it seems like a weird path to get to anonymous username. But here we are. Two... I want us to pick a username for Stephen Lee, and I want to see if, within the confines of reasonability, he will commit to and begin using that as his username on the Internet. That is the power that I want here.
1: I, I have a question, because, mm-hmm. Stephen, you're, you're an iconoclast in my mind, uh, a trailblazer, uh, a one-of-a-kind, uh, an idol, really, that I, I, if I listen to podcasts, I, try, I want to be like Stephen Lee as a podcast fan. You have the the most generic name on earth. It's Steve and Lee. Like, are people really finding you? Are they finding the other 10,000 people in the city with your name? Just don't turn off your location tagging, bro. You're fine. Change your picture.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like, just be a, just just be a different just a picture of someone else and still be Stephen Lee and yeah. you have anonymized yourself to the nines. If your name
1: was anonymous, there would be less people named the same as you <laughs> than if you were named Stephen Lee. I'm just saying it's a generic name, man. I think you're okay. That said, we need to reflect your individual power. That's right. In in an internet name to let the, the idiots on the cyberspace know to fear you.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Um, right. I suggest a word that is both fancy and difficult to spell. So you might find it original. So like prescient, that'd be mm. good. Mm-hmm. And re- Ooh, describe your that. questions. Ross no. hates no. that.
2: No. no, I'm very uh-huh. good
1: uh, with the 72 demons of the Ars Goetia. Some of them have oh, wonderful you names. Would. You they would. might teach you <laughs> astronomy. Uh, or to find precious things that
2: have been mm-hmm. lost oh yeah I, mm, we know um okay. no um powerful usernames are uh one of three things one uh, absolute nonsense like drill Fucking, fucking uh, rules. king of twitter uh at d-r-i-l he is a god of twitter um uh, two video game characters three anime characters uh and then four 420 or 69 that's it. That's the formula. Um, What's your fucking username? <laughs> At Ross Payton? No, 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 no. I, I was. I, I like. I. I do not have that powerful a name. My name was. Uh, I. I don't even know how I came up with it. My username. So you're
1: recommending Stephen, our friend, go mm-hmm. full Weed Lord Boner Hitler 426.
2: No, days. not Hitler. I said. I said anime and video games. I didn't mention anything about dictators okay. or. Uh, well. Yeah. All right, so uh, Goku. Far, why would Goku I Rockstar 420. Goku Rockstar four twenty? Goku, your yeah, Evanescence uh, four twenty or sixty nine. That would be amazing. Separoth Goku sixty nine. Very powerful. We see, don't we need to to have take a, a job we in the business world. I don't. know yeah. I, I.
0: What I just signing want reflect... emails like
2: that? I
0: want to. We're talking about on... usernames.
2: We're talking about email signatures. geez. No, we're missing the boat here. The, okay. the,
0: w- w- the, this whole thing has been ruined. Uh, well, not ruined, but certainly obfuscated. We need to reflect on how smugly and certainly Ross Payton just asserted first and foremost that there were three rules conventions <laughs> for users and mm-hmm. rattled off those conventions as smugly or certainly as he's <laughs> never said anything, only to then on the fly add a fourth convention, which he had not smugly or certainly asserted earlier in the process, and then just started generating as a bot might usernames based on those four conventions. That was what, That was like, <laughs> th- like a moment where you see through the veil. Like, uh, there's, you know, <laughs> only was, real was,
1: gamers know the fourth rule.
0: It was a flow state. I've never seen Ross in a flow state before, but he was outside of his body watching us as he handed out the rules of internet gods. Having said that, um, I think that portmanteaus make for good usernames. Um, I think that favorite characters uh, from childhood make for good usernames. So I am, for example, on most platforms, Egon Zord uh egon from of course ghostbusters and then zord as a reflection of both megazord but also the zords which were a part of your gaming community i was a part of thanks to the kevin ellis etc yeah
1: we have joined communities and usernames right maybe that's right. it
0: maybe maybe find
1: a, a suffix or a prefix that you and your friends right you've got cthulhu
0: zord on a yeah. couple of different platforms and i think yeah. that's pretty good
1: you could form sort of a gang and uh go around and like stealing kids ice cream and kicking sand in people's faces on the internet
0: yeah
2: let them know that you came bad.
1: let yeah let them know you came rolling deep i don't know be a zord
0: i don't know kevin probably doesn't care
1: yeah get in there
0: yeah, kevin would be i think kevin would like the idea that good people joining the, the zord community now let me offer some portmanteaus or what i think are some good plays on words here for stephen so stephen good at the questions so i think something like q stephen a okay, uh, because okay. it's like q and a with his name in the middle you gotta of it got to be careful with you though especially with the Eh, maybe not maybe not um (laughs) i think that i think that bqa steven could be good for best question asker steven like (laughs) i think that's adequate i think when people ask you can tell them you're part of a cool community or you can tell them about the lizard people pedophiles or you could tell them that you're a great question asker and then it's a chance to pitch the next six and i appreciate that so i think you got some options here i think if you want to lean into your last name you could be general lee or check this out General Lee steven No, no no listen no. General Lee Steven. No. No. Like generally, no, what are you doing? <laughs> General Lee Steven? General Lee Steven? D-
1: General Lee. Generally,
0: yeah. Yeah.
2: No. Well, that... it's,
0: it's it's not the best look, but I certainly... It's the best look,
2: Spencer. Okay,
0: but follow <laughs> me down the wordplay trail. Uh-huh. Um, no.
1: Yeah. Here's the thing, I don't want to. You put mm-hmm. a sign on the wordplay trail for a scary... You scary group of people. I don't want to go down that Boner way.
0: Hitler 420. I feel like I've stayed... I was uh,
1: mocking Ross's suggestion, as I now wow, must mock yours, because wow, it is equally wow, bad. Wow. Um, yeah, so, Stephen, my advice is not to
2: listen to us.
1: No. Um, thank you One for punch asking Steve. questions.
2: One Punch Man plus Steve. One Punch Steve. There. Done. Oh, One Punch God. Steve, 69. Even better.
1: <laughs> yeah, no one's taken that, Ross. No maybe no not one has thought of Steve 69 before. No, no one that punch. That one Steve. for sure
2: is available. One like One Punch Man? You know, not want One Punch Man. And now it's Steve, though. It's not One Punch Man, it's One Punch Steve. i d I'm not the editor,
1: so I can't cut segments, but we need to stop. I need <laughs> you to stop.
0: Uh, and we need more beer. Honest Steve, honest Steve Lee. There we go. Because he's a man of integrity and truth. Uh, I kind of like that. Um, Lee like uh, I'm leaving sweet. to get more beer. Like if right. you
1: continue the segment, I will not be on it.
0: I just oh, want this, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah, going yeah, no. now. Now I'm just freestyling. Uh, uh, th- this is this is me. This is my moment. Do not miss your chance to flow. This opportunity comes once in a lifetime. Caleb, what are you drinking?
1: I am drinking from Prairie Artisan Ale, something we think we've had before, but we can't find on the list, so we'll see. Uh, Millennial Mansion. It's an imperial sour ale with orange peel, lemon peel, lime, blueberry, the theme of the episode, (laughs) and cherry and marshmallow flavor. So I put a period there as if it was a complete sentence because it is that long, but it is not. It is
2: just the title of the beer. And they just—they just, they just drink. Yep, Bruce just love throwing in a ton of stuff.
0: This has been their thing now. Just treat well, it not all just it. Like Jamba Juice.
2: Like fucking the one I was reading had like three different types of fruit in it. Like yeah, your yours had a bunch of different stuff in it, including Lassi, which was like, what the fuck? Why yep. would you do that? Yeah. Ooh. right,
0: yeah, that's right.
1: I like it, mm-hmm. um, it tastes like the white foam at the bottom of like an orange julius,-, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, the that marshmallow is a, is flavor a, yeah. is far more forward than I thought, but okay. you yes. kind of like fruity
0: marshmallow, yeah, uh, but melted um. Do you know what I liked about it? I had it a few weeks ago. I liked that it didn't just taste like flair with something else in it. Like it actually had a decidedly different flavor for Prairie Artisan ales. And I welcome that. Not to diminish power. And we probably
1: repeated this episode, this beer, but um, I am also out of beer very soon. So we're Uh doing what
0: we can. These are the breaks, people. COVID. Uh, All right. What are we talking about? Uh, this was your number two vote getter, Mix Six Mock Draft, and Laura B. Hi, Laura. Hope you're well. Laura B. suggests the Mix Six Mock Draft. Team to stage a coup on the fantasy stereotypically evil emperor's castle. And here's the trick. Team members have to be from video game franchises. Now, Caleb, you have built our generic categories here of team members to draft from the coup. So who will we be filling spots for?
1: Well, you need a shaman, obviously, right. for magic obviously. attacks. Um, you need a zip tie guy. In the middle of you the need zip tie guy as a utility character. He's got all the equipment. Right. Um, you need a desk idiot for like a short of like devil may care Han Solo character um, to you know sit at Nancy Pelosi's desk for uh, and then get arrested. And then you also need um, a woman who doesn't know where she is because she's got like a River Tam energy. She's like. Grandma, that is confused, is about to go off. So, you really need some video game characters that can fit these archetypes if you want to succeed, mm-hmm. as well as the uh, quote unquote patriots of uh, the coup that we've been talking about this episode. So, um, yeah, who who wants to go first? I don't have a die nearby. I'll go first. Look at me go. Get in
0: there. See Get that? There. Just reach out and grab it.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm gonna start uh, at the top.
0: It's it's in, it's in the air. Just you see, just take it. Yeah. Uh huh. This is me. You can't see me, but I'm just grabbing stuff out of the air now as if to (laughs) illustrate my approach to this mock draft. So uh, I'll start with the shaman character, uh, or in this case, a reference to the actual human walking around the halls of the Capitol as if dressed as a shaman. Um, Mm -hmm. And in this instance, I've thought back to one of my most favorite video game franchises, um, that I've not encountered in years and as I was thinking about this mock draft and got to thinking about this character I got almost lo- lo- longing feelings for this. Um, it is Aku Aku. Uh, Aku Aku is the voodoo mask uh, from Crash Bandicoot uh, that just kind of floats off in space. And kind of guides you around and doesn't actually do all that much for you, but is like around all of the time and makes a bunch of like nonsensical noises and occasionally has some nonsensical things to say to you as if they're giving you direction. But in reality, the game is giving you direction because it's a platformer. So So you want something to just eat
1: scenery in an image. Basically. That's exactly right. Yeah.
0: And, okay. and have the kind of faux importance or power that someone who might dress like that and do that kind of thing would do.
1: So the shaman's sort of like a waypoint. Yeah. Uh, a rally point. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my shaman, I went in a different direction. I went with Kratos from God of War. So here's the thing. The more toxically masculine and anarcho-primitivist you can make that class the funnier and better it would be. Like, um, the, the, the fact that that idiot was not covered in the ashes of his dead family and swinging around uh, foam chaos blades that he picked up at uh, Toys R Us when it closed down is a tragedy, really. It's just a missed comedic opportunity. Um, so if you're going to pick from video game characters, you got to get Kratos in there, yeah. uh, you know, defending his boy.
0: Uh yeah, I like I like the idea too because there is a sense of of almost uh, overly wrought faux masculinity at the heart of all of that. Oh yeah, um, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm.
2: don't get better than Kratos.
0: Yeah, both actions. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. Who
2: are we going? Oh yeah, Russ. Um, for my shaman, um, I was thinking two, but um, I think I've narrowed it down. So my first thought was actually the wizard from Gauntlet um he needs food badly mm-hmm. um and uh but you know now that i think about it he doesn't bring a lot else to the table you know who'd bring a lot more to the table shang sung um <laughs> he's a wizard he has magic he's very so. shamanic in that regards and he can literally change to be whoever he needs to be he can get past guards he can uh, uh he can be the guards uh he he has a lot he brings a lot to the table. Also his motivations are pretty clear. He wants to take over. He wants to be in control. So I think he'd be really motivated. He would to, also get uh,
1: along with everyone because he doesn't see race because he yeah, can be any race. That's true. Uh, by get... stealing the soul of his enemy. <laughs> you know what? Soul yeah. Thief.
0: yeah. No big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caleb, uh, Snake Draft, who are we drafting next? Uh,
1: Zip Tie Guy is going to be Doom Guy. You need someone with roughly that much inventory space.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When um, one guy is dressed for war and he's leading an army of people that are probably wearing Crocs. Mm-hmm. Um, you're really going to need maximum inventory carrying capacity. So it's got to be doom guy. Cause there are no pockets on that little green armor. And yet he's got 14 guns in there, um, yep. which is still not enough. Cause again, I cannot stress how woefully unprepared everyone was, but if uh, you, you really need maximum inventory. Um, yeah. It's only because, like, Skyrim or, like, a Fallout character uh, probably would not engage in this kind of behavior. Uh, yeah. But you just maximize your inventory capacity,
0: yeah. So I had a similar thought, but but mine was instead um, thinking of a video game character who seemed so in stark contrast to his setting as to create a sense of size, scope, importance, etc., and who was also so ego-driven and bloviating as to be annoying by simply being himself, and so I've chosen Duke Um, Newcomb. He feels like the (laughs) kind of person who would have the gall to do something like that and and bring that kind of energy and equipment Mm -hmm. to the United States Capitol and appear so in juxtaposition to the world around him. Mm-hmm. And he also feels like the kind of guy who would then go talk about it at a strip club very loudly um, mm-hmm. while trying to get women to take their clothes off. So, yep. yeah. Nuke, nuke them.
2: Yeah. Ross? Um, I was actually thinking similar uh, FPS protagonist. White dude who doesn't say a lot and shoots a lot of people and is really good with, like, inventory items. So I was actually going to say Gordon Freeman. Um, oh, no. Not yeah. <laughs> I uh, know. He's a physicist, uh, Ross. We can't have lost
1: Gordon.
2: I'm I'm sorry, Kale. That was my that was my first instinct. Uh, uh, the okay, my backup it. choice was the Minecraft guy. Uh Steve the Minecrafter. Because again, Okay, well Mojang would support that entirely. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. All right. Yeah. But like someone who is good with weapons and probably has access to crafting menus. Um so yeah, that 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 that's what I'm thinking. Um uh, yeah importantly has access
0: to those. Um, okay, let's just move down the list. Uh, let's go with Desk Idiot. Um, and I think that's the registered birth certificate name for this gentleman. But if not, um, <laughs> here's the video game character I've chosen. Um, I was a big fan of like late 90s, early 2000s wrestling games. So like name one for the PlayStation and or related. Um, I probably had it and loved it. WCW Thunder, mm-hmm. WCW Nitro, WWF Monday Night Raw. Just keep going. Um, There was a particular arc in Hulk Hogan's career where he was a member of the NWO, which was really really an effort at the end of Hulk Hogan's, what should have been the end of Hulk Hogan's wrestling career. (laughs) The heel turn. Yeah, yeah, the heel turn. He was too out of shape to actually be good at wrestling anymore, (laughs) but he was more then loud and, and brazen enough to continue to be a wrestler. And so the NWO was a really good fit for him. It was like a good heel turn, gave him lots of airtime, allowed him to wear these like starkly contrasting black and white colors and dye his mustache in weird and fun ways. And Desk Idiot reminds me of the dad on Orange County Choppers, but he's not a <laughs> video game guy. So I went with the video game version of that guy, and that is the late 90s, early 2000s Hulk Hogan in wo in any video game character mm. <clears throat> that's fair uh
1: i went with um someone that is going to be brazen violate norms be low class and be punished for it in a satisfying way um so i went with a character who is literally designed to do that and nothing else it's wario <laughs> wario is the mm-hmm. kind of man that would mm-hmm. put his feet up and fart on oh, sure. nancy pelosi's desk uh, that man had wario <laughs> energy uh, God, that's that's going to draw a lot of heat off of your insurrection mm-hmm. uh, by just being hateable AF. God, so um, yeah. Wario is the only man
2: for that job. Immaturity. So, oh, oh, uh, yeah, Russ, Actually, I was thinking very similar to Caleb, but I was thinking actually street fire. So I don't know how, how versed you are in the street fire lore, but there's a character who's a, a pale imitation of Ken and Ryu, Dan. Dan wears a pink uh, outfit and is just shittier than Ken and Ryu in every single way. And he's he, he's a joke character. Like he is purposely made worse. Like that joke from um, uh, that movie. We trained him wrong on purpose uh, <laughs> as a joke. Like that's Dan as a character. So like Dan um, is basically that guy. And so very very strong Dan energy there. Big Dan Energy. BDE. Uh,
0: last one. Grandma slash lady who
2: doesn't know where she is. Caleb, you're
0: first.
1: Uh, so this is the person that wandered in there by mistake mm-hmm. and doesn't know what's happening. It's Kirby. Um, <laughs> Kirby is confused. Uh, he just saw the crowd running and he thought there were snacks because someone lied to him in the back. Uh, someone gave him an American flag. He's just happy to be on camera uh Kirby has, endlessly yeah Kirby has wandered into the wrong place at the wrong time yeah mm-hmm. that's that's my
0: mm-hmm. i tried to think of a video game character who would wander around and, and look clueless not because they were in fact clueless but rather because they could not understand what was because they were
1: suffering on. dementia
0: <laughs> and so i thought what video game character would be put in that position and would struggle to comprehend the levels of stupidity happening in that moment. And so therefore would look aimless when they were in fact attempting to seek meaning. And so I've chosen Samus from Metroid, who would be so shocked that this is what all of this was about upon arriving here Mm -hmm. and, and is so used to fighting highly skilled, highly trained mechanized weaponized aliens To then land in what we perceive of as a battle situation and to find a bunch of people walking around in vests wearing hats that say Make America Great Again and taking selfies in front of statues. It would have the appearance of haplessness or aimlessness, but it
2: instead would just be shock and confusion. Mm -hmm. Producer Ross. Um, So I just sent you a link um, to, this is a character from upcoming, I'm going to take a bold stance. this is a character from upcoming video game from Resident Evil 8, which is not out yet, but there is a very tall lady in that game who is apparently a vampire, she's like 10 feet tall, and I'm just, she she does, and she's evil, she's a vampire, and she, so I'm just guessing, you know, evil motives or whatever, but yeah, like her, She we don't know what her motives are, we don't know even her name, but she's there for some reason she's there for all that yeah social so you want to bi- sort of tighten yeah
1: to be
0: in okay
2: yeah a very um, large lady okay. she is very tall and she also has <laughs> claws for hands apparently so. and
0: would look even larger standing next to kirby for example oh yeah thing exactly would get yeah. Quite
2: laurel and hardy rather quickly
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, what yeah. a scene we've but been
2: the internet with. is very thirsty for her so you know like the, we got that viral marketing so we got that going for us yeah in th- in the internet the
0: internet is pro publica, is certainly thirsty for
2: these people so
0: um, <laughs> yeah, um, be- Cat, the fbi right, exactly
2: right.
1: certain yeah, unmarked um, vans a lot of um, artists yeah
2: a lot of people with yeah. uh deviant art accounts um it's fun <laughs> yeah, yeah uh hey uh, don't forget you can always
0: vote for your favorite mix six mock draft team hashtag team caleb hashtag team ross or hashtag team spencer and on that note we've got one beer left and we'll be right back for drunk enough
2: Hey Ross, what are you drinking? I am drinking um, a beer. I do not. I'm very surprised. We actually haven't done before, which is almost a gas gas station beer, which is a new Belgium Voodoo Ranger IPA, and that's it. Like that. That's 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 the whole thing. It's bursting with tropical aromas and fruit flavors from mosaic and amarillo hops. It's not. It, yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's not
0: it, it very it is like the the gas station ipa uh sierra nevada used to be like gas station ipa to me like you could find it pretty much everywhere It was one Ugh. of the few like big run yep yep Ugh. that's right that what's is the two again response.
2: like again um that's cops cops yeah like yeah this yeah that makes sense for voodoo ranger um <laughs> It's not the worst. Like, if you like IPAs. About as common and
1: about as welcome. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like, it's not undrinkable. I'll probably drink some more of this. But, like, God, it's it's just hops and, like, they kind of linger for a bit and, like, I don't really, Look, I'll say that
0: you, you know, exactly what you're getting when you open that beer. Like it yeah. doesn't do anything it's not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. It is, it is the thing that like you would find in every cooler at your friend's party on a rooftop from like <laughs> 2015 to 2020. So, yeah. um, yeah. yeah, I appreciate New Belgium. They've done a good job of making craft beer, and mm-hmm. I use that kind of loosely accessible. Some of their beer I actually think is pretty good. 1554 is a beer that I happen to like. But by and large, no thank you to that stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's just just basic. It's not, it's not that even that exciting. It's not even that bad. It's, it, I mean, it's bad, but it's not like horrible. You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. – Right. Yeah. yeah. It's just
0: I, I can't be mad at it for being exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, I just don't like what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hey, we're into Drunk Enough, and uh, not to belabor the act of sedition which occurred um, and our uh, incoherent and sad thoughts about it, uh, but instead to talk about what, if anything, has brought you through. In Drunk Enough, I have this question for you. So here we are, and um, the thing happened, and now there is still a need to, like, wake up and keep going and tell yourself that things matter and that there's something like order or something um more essential and binding to this community this social contract that still exists and it is all important and therefore we should just continue to trudge ahead and some days that takes less of an intentional act it's easier i'm more naturally rosy or whatever And other days it takes a very intentional act for me to feel like there is some communal pull here which I ought still aspire to, um, and kind of keeps me moving. And so I'm curious, uh, in the interceding 12 days since 1-6, what, if anything, have y'all been using as a tool, a story, a narrative, a trick, a strategy, to keep on keeping on, to keep moving, to, to uh, get through the bullshit, to that you would call a ray of light? Um, I don't know, I'm out of metaphors. Um, sure. Honestly, I didn't start with that many, so it was a short list. But what, what if anything, are you using as a tether here to the future? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, why don't you help us out with what you're doing first? Because <laughs> when you came to me looking for the the light at the end of the rainbow or something, mm-hmm. did, what did you imagine... How do you right. imagine this going down? Yeah. But for I'm interested to hear. So I yeah, can avoid right. talking about those things. Right. So, Yeah, I will,
0: going on? I will admit that uh, when I thought I'm going to ask Ross and Caleb for a <laughs> pro-optimism approach to anything that has happened in the last 12 days, it, oh, it's a little funny. bit... But it's a little bit like the point in the zombie movie where you're like, I don't know, can we hit him with a can of paint Uh, (laughs) where you're just looking for anything that may exist in the world that you might be able to. But Mm -hmm. um, uh, but I am curious. I mean, I have done a few things or I've tried Mm -hmm. a few things. I will admit that over the last 12 days, I have actively tried on, so to speak, different strategies at different times to see if like this makes me feel better or worse. But Ross was ready to jump in. So, Ross, I'm curious what you've been doing.
2: So, um, for one thing, it didn't like actually disturb me that much because it, it's just like, I, I have been following this source shit pretty closely. And so I was like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Like that was my first reaction. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that this was, this was not a big surprise. Um, so it wasn't like, like my worldview was up, up thro- was th- like, there was not a great upheaval in my worldview. Um so um for me obviously like uh but i mean there there was some like oh mm, that's not great that's not a, that's not a great look for all, the world for 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 everything um one thing obviously was uh talking to friends uh online uh talking to Maddie, of course knowing that you know um i hopefully uh ideally that Maddie will be moving here and you know I'll be re- reunited uh and and getting married this year so like that that's been like a rock uh, of stability um another thing has just been like comforting trash uh and by that I mean media uh, uh, you know movies uh tv and video games um and just knowing that like I don't have to um like like watch those art movies I've been putting on um, as much so, or been wanting to watch like not challenging myself. So uh, taking it easy in terms of my media consumption habit. And I think, I think that's been helpful um i think uh and just being like we made a regular habit of being able to talk with friends online and having sort of an online hangout and that's been very helpful uh in terms of keeping like of course because this was sort of compounded right with like the pandemic and we're all alone and we can't just like go to a bar and hang out and talk shit and like you know commiserate and socialize um and so that that's been a good substitute so, um, but yeah, I think we sort of constructed a family of choice in the tub. Yeah, yeah, That's,
1: exactly. I think it's foolish to mm-hmm. pretend the with tub, our by allergy the way, Yeah,
0: is is a community of people who get together and watch trashy movies. Mm-hmm. Not not like a family of choice in a tub, like a, a not a hot tub. No, your... we
2: we're following pandemic <laughs> protocols. It's a virtual yeah. tub. Yeah, um,
1: yeah a virtual tub. tub. Yeah. So, um, but. Uh yeah, as silly as that seems, I would argue it's it's a uh, infinitely more healthy family praxis than uh, <laughs> what the majority of families in America engage in at your average Thanksgiving. Um, but uh, yeah, that has definitely helped me a lot. Um, I forgive myself for pretty much everything now, which is probably bad in the long run. But I have really oh. taken it easy on myself. Like, thank God. You observe thing I mean, yeah, mm, there's there's a timeline concern on this kind of thing, but like you look at like people from like history during like uh you know the curse, may you live in interesting times. (laughs) It was just like, yeah, I was a doctor in the old country, but now I'm a jerk line skinner of mules and I have made do. And people who have just rolled with it, who have just been like, okay, yeah, no, uh, Whatever happens, I'm going to accept it. I don't have a whole lot of control of it. Uh, My life will be radically different than what I ever thought it would be. Um, Mm -hmm. And I need to just mourn the fact that those ideas didn't come to pass. And whatever I end up being next, that's what I end up being. And you know what? It's Mm -hmm. understandable because we're all going to have weird trauma. And we're all going to go a little bit insane because of this shit. Mm -hmm. And uh, I assure you that wherever I end up is not going to be as bad as a lot of people. (laughs) it's going to be utterly forgivable and mundane and maybe even noble if i do it right um you know i may be a homeless weirdo on the street but if you could be emperor norton i mean why not go out like a legend like believe you're the king of san francisco uh demand free drinks from people like uh, you know um so that that's really what i've been going about um i guess an excuse but like Anybody telling me how I should live my life? Mm-hmm. No, not I mean, willing to hear it. Not, not. You know, if I'm doing something you haven't done before. Again, it's, argument from president. I don't care.
2: <laughs> I think I think there's a thing about like understanding history and like understanding the historical context. Um, I mean, like the thing that I keep hanging back is reading up about Mesoamerican civilizations. You'll be like, ah, ah we have this great civilization. We we we're, we're, everything's working fine, and then um, we, we everything sort of worked out. All our past conflict, we may have civil wars or whatever, and but you know they're they're working. Out. And then these assholes well these there's these things coming in from the eastern shores and we don't know what they are oh they're boats and there's people coming in there what the fuck's going on like there are outside context problems that could happen and like once you understand that this you are not apart from history you are you exist within history you can these things can happen to you like it's not really good to realize that at first but then like it's kind of like lessens the impact of big historical upheavals that happened in your lifetime. So um, like that's, you know, like, and that's something I've kind of like internalized. So maybe internalize that, like recognize that like things that have never happened before can't happen to you because that's how it's always <laughs> happened. So like, yeah, they
0: always happen to somebody. <laughs> that's yeah, exactly.
2: You you right. get it, Spencer. Yeah. So hundred
0: percent. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's both great. I mean, I think, you know, uh, getting some, um, Russ, what you're really describing is like getting some context for the scope mm-hmm. of all of this and saying like, well, this is, yeah, this is how these things go. And, yeah. and it's okay that you're a part of that too. Um, and, and also it is not necessarily the end of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I have waited 20 some years to hear Caleb. He's giving himself some some excuses or some grace or some forgiveness. So that's just the most exciting thing uh, ever in, in forever. I mean, I also
1: uh, referenced a uh, notorious homeless man for right. the outcome of that. So right. I yeah. just want you to. the break on the expectations there no in Um, in this
0: moment i'm choosing to hear one and not the other okay fair enough (laughs) fair enough um i would tell you i have uh and i'm i'm like unapologetic about this um i am fortunate that i get to actively detach i have the means or space or distance or whatever to actively detach myself from these things sometimes and Mm -hmm. i am thankful for that and so i have like torpedoed myself into things that actively make me feel better over the last Mm -hmm. 12 days um, and so media that makes me feel better about people. I have overwatched, uh, I've watched Ted Lasso twice, like the whole series twice in the last 12 days. You know why? Because it's got a lot of heart and it's wholesome and it's earnest and it's about people being good. And that makes me feel good right now. I am like diving into some books that I've been wanting to read that are totally escapist fiction. They're not here to like push me or make me. It's like, shit that I've wanted to read for a while and I've just not committed the time to it and I can't think of a better moment where like now would be okay to go read some escapist fiction. There was this one big project at work that was like looming over me and I kept putting it off and I kept putting it off. And so finally I set an external deadline with other people so that I was accountable to something so Mm -hmm. I could pour myself into and be distracted by this one big thing I wanted to get done. And I don't know that it's healthy. I'm not gonna really comment on its healthiness because what's healthy for me may not be healthy for you, so on and so forth. It has been terribly healthy for me, and it's also been stuff that has helped me get good with – it has helped me keep my energy up. And if I can keep my energy up, I can be available to people around me who also need help. And if I can provide that help and have energy, then that's good. And so I have been prioritizing my energy in ways that, you know, if needed – it's also available and can do other things for other humans. And that's been my, that's been my tether here. And I'm good with that. Um, There were a few days where I was like, man, I've, this is the second time in four days I've watched this Ted Lasso episode at 10 PM. And uh, the moment I let that stuff creep in and start to judge my behaviors, uh, which are really aimed at like making sure I'm in a good place so that I can be an effective team member, leader, partner, friend, whatever. um, you know, now there's like nowhere to turn. And so I've just been giving myself space to do that stuff in hopes that it, that it pans out and plays out for everybody. And and it's been an okay method so far. I mean, it doesn't change the fact that what's happening around us is a fucking nightmare. And, um, but, um, and, and and I don't make any bones about my material position that allows me to do that. I understand exclusively how fortunate I am in my ability to do those things. That doesn't mean I'm not going to take the opportunity in this moment. So, Mm -hmm. uh, whatever you're doing, we hope you're finding something um, that is kind of helping you trudge along because some days trudging feels like a big win in and of itself. Um, And we hope that this podcast can continue to be a part of your regimen if it helps you feel a little bit better about whatever you've got going on in your day. And thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. Don't forget to find us on all of your major streaming and social channels, Uh, You can also find us on pretty much wherever podcasts are sold. Don't forget to rate and review us in that application so that people can find the Mix 6 podcast. Can't tell you how much we appreciate you. Hope you're well. I'm Spencer. I'm Caleb. We'll talk to you next time.
1: So many beers it's hard to pick All the best moments we are taken with So now we look back and we all reminisce The memorable ones from the Mix 6
0: That was me hitting a Pilot G2 pin Against my Glencairn glass I To make a, whole, a clink noise I did a
1: whole pop
2: I did a clink from my glass to my my water glass to my Blue Moon bottle. Oh, no.
1: Did my pop filter get the champagne pop? I don't know. No. We'll
2: find out. God, no. <laughs>